born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment but first we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support you may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. I found out over the years, serving the Lord is not doing the things I like. It's faithfully doing the things I don't like. Because there's more things that I don't like to do than there is that I do like to do. There's times when I just like to do nothing. You've been there? Just like to do nothing. But there's always something to do. And there's a time when you need to take and get away and rest and come apart before you come apart. But there's also to be the area of, of the discipline that you and I are supposed to have. And we're not to set in judgment upon somebody else. You've got a full-time job just taking care of you. Watch your own life. How close to the Lord are you? Are you growing closer to the Lord? And so he makes that statement there in verse 17. Endure but for a time. Afterwards, when afflictions or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. You ever see people who get so easily offended? Something goes wrong and they're so easily offended and get mad at it. Just that quick. I quit. You hurt me, I'm going to get even with you. You know, I'm going to get even attitude. Now, I know there's nobody like that here. But we know people like that, don't we? But like he says, you see that word endure? It doesn't say enjoy. There's a lot of things you may not enjoy in the Christian life. But we are to endure it. Take your Bible, look in 2 Timothy in chapter 2. 2 Timothy and chapter 2. Look at these verses because they're very, very important. Chapter 2, and look in verse 3. In verse 3, where he's, Paul, right into young Timothy, young man in the Lord, told him, says in verse 1, be strong in the grace of Christ, which I believe is reference toward the gospel. Then he talks about the things that you have learned in verse 2. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Just boom, 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 boom. Well, that's just, you know, one and another and another and another one. Then he says there in verse 3, Thou therefore enjoy hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Did I read it right? says endure endure it you see things are not going to endure it 
If things don't go your way, so what? Who said it had to go your way? Who says it has to go my way? I'm supposed to be faithful. It doesn't matter which way things are going. Doesn't matter who believes, doesn't believe, agree, disagree. Every one of us as a child of God are required to be disciplined where we will be faithful to the Lord regardless of what's going on. And endure. I wonder how long we're supposed to endure. Well, God says endure this hardness. Now look down in verse 10. See down in verse 10. Therefore, Paul doesn't ask somebody to do something he's not willing to do. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. God used the apostle Paul to reach a lot of other people. And there's those who have trusted Christ as their Savior, and Paul wants these people to learn something, to grow in the Lord, to have something, but it's going to be down the road. You see, our eternal weight of glory isn't in this life. It's in the one to come. But that's not just salvation. That's talking about what we're going to get because of our enduring this hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You see, right after this, he's talking about studying to show thyself approved unto God. So it's written to the believer. And that's why he made the statement down here in verse 12. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. In other words, the things that you do for the Lord's sake, for the gospel's sake, for Christ's sake, yeah. You're going to suffer for doing some of those things because of what you have to go through to get to people. There's a price we pay to win people to the Lord. There's a price that we have to pay. And so we are willing to pay that price every time we turn around. They just invited me to come back there to the gym so we could see that nice big old mat they got down for a one I saw the mat. cost $3,000. There's a price to pay. It was not free, but so they can get more kids, so they can have more fun, and maybe, who knows? Everything has a value to it. The impact that you're going to make in kids' lives. There's an expense to running the bus every week to picking up kids, whether it's for a or for the ranch. We do it, but it costs insurance. Everything we have, everything we do, is cost us, but there's a price to pay. But the suffering that we go through is because see, you only get one life to live, and you're taking your life to make some money, and then you're taking that money for the cause of Christ. So it's costing you, and you're going to do without things that other people maybe wouldn't do without, but there's a price to pay. And then he says here, if we deny him, he also will deny us. He's not talking about denying you salvation. He can't deny you salvation, but he can deny you the rewards. And so, if you study the word of God, as he says in verse 15, you will be a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, like being a soldier that doesn't have to be ashamed. Or to been, as he talks about here in uh, verse 5, if man strive for masteries, yet he's not crowned, let him strive for love. You don't want to be ashamed. You run the race, run to finish the race. It's one thing to start, but I found out some people never started a race. They never start running. They trust Christ as Savior, but they never get involved doing the greatest thing 
of all, and that's serving the Lord. Look, while we're right here, look in chapter 4. In chapter 4, look there in verse 3. Now, he's already done talked to him about, you know, like a, a charge. I've used these scriptures when we had ordination services. And so you're trying to give new believers that are going to, that are graduated and want to go into the ministry. And so we tell them, this is the scripture that we usually read. This is what was done whenever I received my ordination. I charge thee before, in verse 1, uh, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead of his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Always be ready. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. All these nice things that we're supposed to do. You see, if we're supposed to do all of that, somebody's going to be on the receiving end, aren't they? You ever like to be on the receiving end of a, you know, the preacher's preaching away and, man, I didn't like that, I didn't like that. It's okay. It was good for somebody. Probably wasn't you, though. Then he says in verse 3, For the time will come, when they will not endure sound doctrine. Not everybody stays charged up all the time. How many of y'all got cell phones? Anybody got cell phones in here? Just about everybody. What happens after a while when you don't charge them? They won't work. Christians are pretty much the same way. Going to the Word of God keeps you charged up. Going to church keeps you charged up. Praying and reading and doing all the things you want to do keeps you charged up. Otherwise, your battery's going to get low and you just ain't going to have the energy to run. And then you just can't see well. You don't understand well. You just ain't got any energy to go and you're just down and out and poor, poor you. Pity, pity party. Well, wait a minute. You've got to stay charged up. Like David. He challenged himself in the Lord. Motivated himself. encouraged himself. That's what you have to do. Also look there in verse 5, same chapter, but verse 5. But watch thou in, how many things? Doesn't seem like there's much leeway here, does it? A sound doctrine. So evidently, God doesn't want us to listen to unsound doctrine, but to learn the truth, keep teaching the truth, believe in the truth. But watch thou in all things, and look at the next one, endure affliction. Wait, 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 God. Why don't you just, Lord, take away the affliction? Wouldn't that be easier? But he doesn't. He doesn't take it away. He allow you to be afflicted. But he expects you to still be faithful. Just because it doesn't go your way, you don't get everything that you want, sometimes you cannot write the prescription. Lord, this is what I need, this, and this, and this, and this. And this. You know, you're going to the pharmacy, this, I need all of this. Well, the Lord says, come to me and ask. But you may not be able to change some of the circumstances that happens to you in your life. But you may want to take two pills and see them in the morning and give you the strength and the grace to bear it. He may never remove it. Sometimes what our prayers is, God, remove the problem. And God says, no, I'll give you the strength to go through the problem. So the Christian life is not the subtraction of problems, but the addition of grace to bear the problem. So understanding that can help you. But look again in that verse. But watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of thy ministry. Now, as you read these scriptures and in a lot of these things, it's like there's no cushion in the sense of no, no compromise, no, no room, no, no wiggle room. 
I mean, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Or can I have just a little bit of the flesh? Does that mean just a little bit of the lust of the flesh? I mean, what if I do a lot for you, Lord, but, you know, the weekend's the only time I've got for myself. And you want me to do what? Go to church? I've worked five days. I'm tired, I'm weary, I'm worn, and then you want me to go to church. It's like this preacher. He, he decided he's just going to call in sick on Sunday morning. He thought, I'll go play me a game of golf. He went and played golf. And Jesus says, Lord, did, did, did you see him? Did you see what he's doing? He said, yeah. Well, how you, what are you going to do to him? He says, watch. The preacher hit that ball, 300-yard drive, went in the hole. He says, what? Yeah, who can he tell? <laughs> who, who can he tell? You know. <laughs> Sometimes we think we can just get away from our responsibilities. You know, I don't care what we're doing, where we go, we always have the responsibility to do right, don't we? Should I be faithful only when my wife's around? Or all the time? All the time. No, my wife, she'll find out. I can't even go to a restaurant around here and order something I'm not supposed to get. I sat down, I said, you know, Betty's not here. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to get some of those. I'm gonna, I love pancakes. I love pancakes. So I got me some eggs and I ordered some pancakes. She said, you can't have those. <laughs> I mean, the waitress just told me, she said, you can't have those. I said, what? She said, you know, your wife won't let you have those. Right toast. Ain't that right, hon? Because when we go back in there and she's with me, they tell her. You know what he tried to do? <laughs> Be sure your sin will find you out. I, 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 I can't go anywhere. I was someplace in some other state. I'd flown in and I was walking through the airport and I thought, that's something. Look at all these funny people. You know, if you just stand and just watch all the strange, and you never saw anybody, you know, and you don't know on them. Never seen them before. All new people. And there'll be somebody, hey, Yank! <laughs> I was in St. Louis Airport one time, and a guy, a preacher, Ernest Palmer, I'm walking down the, the corridor, and lo and behold, I'm thinking, I don't know a soul. And somebody says, Yankee! <laughs> yeah, they do. Just when you think nobody is watching, nobody knows me, God's going to have somebody sitting around that knows you and you're going to think you're going to get away with something. And there's no... Lord, can't you be a little flexible? You know, I think God just requires of a man to be found faithful. And he seemed to be pretty strict on that. You read Luke chapter 14. It seems to be pretty strict. And all the things that God wants to do, though he loves us, and yet we're the ones that decide just how much discipline do I want? So we use the word of God to discipline ourselves. We're that soldier getting dressed in front of a full-length mirror. And we're supposed to look into that mirror, and whatever we see, we're supposed to get corrected. Now, I think that's probably the idea of it. I preached a sermon years ago called, Your Flesh is Showing. There's a statement out of, about a, a king and he was totally naked, but everybody convinced him he had clothes on that I could see him. And finally, some little kid, Mom, he's naked! And he was very embarrassed because of it. When you walk in the flesh as a Christian, your flesh is showing. 
somebody's going to see you in the flesh. And it may not be pretty. Because our flesh is that old sinful nature that we have. And if we walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust. Now, you still have them, but you don't have to fulfill them. And somebody is always watching to see how much flesh do you have in your Christian life. Well, I just got a little bit. But you ought to see Bob Gilbert. He got a lot. Now, that Dan, I can't go for him. He got a lot. But see, it's not so much that we try to judge where everybody else is, but we have a full-time job just taking care of ourselves. I want to give you a couple of verses. Take your Bible, look in the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. Now, you've seen this verse on a number of occasions. But notice that it's tied in with something that's very important because, see, if we don't discipline ourselves, well, I thought it was a choice whether I could or I don't have to. I'm saved. I don't have to serve God. No, but there's consequences. Consequences if I don't, and there's consequences if I do. If I do, God's going to bless me, and if I don't, God's going to have to chastise you. You're his child. So he makes a statement here, and I think you need to take a little peek at this verse. But see what he says there in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Now, he didn't enjoy the cross, but he did endure the cross. Now, look down in verse 7. If ye endure chastening. Now, chastening sometimes there's two words. One is scourging, which is a very strong form of correction. The discipline of there is chastening where it's simply a disciplined form. You, we chase our children. We discipline the children. We teach them, guide them, and so forth. And so God says, don't despise my correction. Don't despise my advice, my counseling. Don't despise my word as though you can live without it. So God says, don't despise it, but if you will endure the discipline. You see, whenever you're not used to doing certain things, uh, it's kind of hard to get in a habit. When I first walked into that boot camp, I'll never forget that they made us take our shoes, and we had to shine our shoes. We would, everybody would sit around by the bunks and so forth, we leaned against the wall, and we had our black shoe polish, and we had our shoe. And it got to where everybody was trying to outdo everybody else. We had to get our spit shine. Now, a spit shine is literally you spit on the boot. You take it, you rub it, and you spit on it, rub it some more and try to get it to shine, and you, ooh, you work that thing, and you want them to, you can almost see yourself in it. Now, most of the time you just dusted the toe. <laughs> but the toe, that's when you put on those navy whites, later on your navy blues, you look down at those little mirror looking at you. And buddy, when they came by, they want to, they want to see light flying, flashing from those, those shoes. But that was so difficult when I had to first start doing that. I wasn't in the habit of washing my clothes. And we'd have to go into the washroom and scrub with a rush, and they'd give everybody a whisk. I don't know what they gave y'all, but we always had, you had to scrub. Those were habits that I was not accustomed to. And they had a whole bunch more. One telling me when to get up, 
Remember now, the only reason I wound up joining the Navy is because I was sick and tired of people telling me what to do. <laughs> Mama didn't say I was the brightest. She did call me son, though. But you have to learn. But once you got in the habit, then it becomes easier. Once you get in the habit of doing right, doing right becomes easier. It's just when you're not faithfully doing it, it's so difficult. So he tells us what we're supposed to do. And verse 7, if you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. What son is he whom the father chasteneth not? In other words, dealing more with God raising his children, teaching us and correcting us. Now there is also the form of the scourging. He talks about when you rebel against God's instruction, then you have to, he's going to have to really lay it on to you. Now, look in James chapter 5. James in chapter 5. James chapter 5 and look in verse 11. Verse 11 says, Behold, we count them, and you ought to underline this in your Bible, happy which endure. The end result of your discipline, the end result of accepting God's chastening in your life, his discipline, correction, all that. The end result is you want to be happy in the Christian life. Even Jesus said in chapter 13, he said, happy are ye if ye do them. You do what I tell you, happy are you. See, that's a, a result of it. I just tell people, happiness is not a destination. It's a way of travel. Learn how to enjoy serving God. There's a lot of things that will happen and you don't like, but you have to endure them. You can do this. Because what God requires of us is the same for all of God's children. And God doesn't require us to do anything we can't do. It's that we don't want to. But if you can learn how to want to, and do it because you really want to, you'd be surprised how much more joyful it is doing the things when you have a, a want-to attitude. I want to please the Lord. I want to do what God wants me to do. Look in 1 Peter chapter 2. You're right there in 1 Peter. Look in 1 Peter chapter 2. And look in verse 19. Verse 19. Interesting verse. He says, For this is thanksworthy, if a man, for conscience toward God, endure grief. Now you would think, well, why don't God just remove that which causes me grief? No. You lose a loved one, you're going to have grief. Your teenagers have problems and are rebellious, you're going to have grief. Your grandkids don't do everything right, you're going to have grief. People fail you, there's a lot of grief. Your husband is not faithful, there's a lot of grief. Wife isn't there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of grief to go around. Everybody in this room has had grief at one time or another. Got news for you. More is on the way. More is on the way. And you cannot escape it. But in spite of it, does God still, in spite of all of those things and afflictions, expect you and I to endure the grief, endure the hardness? I mean, if those soldiers at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, if they can take that as a responsibility and do what they do, why can't we? Those people that they're doing it for gave them, re, I guess you could say, liberty. 
But we had somebody go to the cross to also give us liberty, who died for us. And we get an opportunity to show him how much we love him by what we do for him. And then he said, I'm going to reward you when you get to heaven. We win. We win. We win. Best news in the world. Look up here. If you're watching by internet, I want to say this. I'm always getting emails. I, I get more emails than I can answer. I'm always shifting them off onto somebody else. I think I've given you a couple this week, ain't I? I didn't give you none this week? I know I've given you a couple, I think. More than a couple, yeah. Because there's just, there's just a lot of people. But if you want to, you just keep writing. We have some good men here. If I can't get to all of them, we got some good men that can help out. That's just been honest. Sometimes I get too many. I get over 200 a day. That's more than I can handle. But we want to help people. So this is you and me. The wallet represents sin. We all have sin upon us. Now God says that he loves us. He hates our sin. He does love us. He does hate what we do wrong. But there is a difference there. And he says for us to pay for the sin is eternal separation from God in hell. But God loves us, wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, we have to be perfect. No sin, no sin. We've got to be as perfect, as righteous as God. But because we have sin, we can't go. We're not good enough to go to heaven. We have to be perfect. And God says you cannot earn eternal life. You can't work for it. It is totally by grace. Nothing that you have to do. You don't have to be a follower of Christ. You don't have to be a learner. You don't have to discipline your life, stop anything, join anything. All you have to do is be on the receiving end of the most wonderful gift in the world. See, this hand represents Jesus Christ. He is the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loved us. Hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. So that if you and I would believe he did it for us, he'd put the payment to our account, and we'd get to go to heaven. That's how I know I'm going to heaven. He paid for my sins. How many? All of my sins. If he paid for all of my sins, there's now no condemnation. I can never be condemned. See, the law cannot condemn a dead man. His death became mine. I died. The law can't touch me. That's why he says there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Shall not come into condemnation. Never be condemned in the future. So he gives us as a free gift, everlasting life. Came back from the dead, said all he wants you to do is believe that he did it for you. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, going to heaven is so simple, it's really free. All you've got to do is believe that he did it for you. And if you're watching by internet, right where you are, you don't have to walk an aisle, and nobody here has to walk an aisle. You don't have to raise your hand, and they, hear, they don't have to do it either. Because whatever you do to be saved, everybody should be able to do the same thing regardless of where they are. All you need to do is believe. Believe that when he died, he died for you, and trust him as your Savior, and God will give you as a free gift everlasting life. I pray that you'll do that. And if you will, right there on the screen, it says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. We'd love to hear from you. But if you're here in the auditorium, if what I said made sense to you, you say, preacher, that made sense. I will trust Christ as my Savior tonight. If you've never done it before, would you do it now? If you already have, you never have to do it again. 
him on it all before we close. Our Father, we do thank you for your blessings. Thank you so much for loving us, for giving us a free gift. But Father, help us also to understand the depths of discipleship, to understand just what it really means, the price that we pay, not to get to heaven, but because we want to be a follower, we want to be a learner, we want to be disciplined, we want to be used because we love you. We ask your blessings upon each one here. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me